house always wins. Some nuts flying around the country posing as a pilot. Call him the James Bond of the sky. Hello, pusher. This is by far the best date I have ever been on. He's a kid. That's why he doesn't have a record. 30 milligrams of codeine every four hours. Do you concur? I concur. Dr. Harris. Yes? Do you concur? Concur with what, sir? Hello, I'm Karen Valley. Welcome to New Favorite Movie, the podcast where I put my movie knowledge to the test. Every week I invite a guest on to talk about their favorite movie, and based on what they pick, I suggest a movie that they've never seen. In the end, we see if my recommendation was successful. This week I'm happy to have two people on the show. One might have the best or the worst Rory Gilmore boyfriend rankings, sort of depending on how you feel about that. And the other is in the top four best fantasy basketball players I've ever met. It's Colleen Caldwell and Quinn Gale. Guys, welcome to the show. Top four, definitely not number four, though. That's all I'll say. Oh, I think I finished fourth. So yeah, you're 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 well in the top four. I deserve so much better than that, man. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Just just before we get into the actual movie questions and, and part of the podcast, Colleen, best or worst. Rory Gilmore boyfriend rankings. What is your ranking? This is, will be official now. The official ranking is I don't like any of them. Let's start there. I think they all kind of suck, but obviously it goes Jess, Logan, anyone else, Dean. Dean is the absolute worst, but I think you have a different ranking. Do you not? No, no, no. I would have Jess, Jess one, Logan two. Okay. Yeah. And then, oh, and then so we have the same ranking. Yeah. Something that gets lost in the mix is that Rory kind of sucks. Yeah, that's very true. You know, like everyone's always like, are the boyfriends good enough for Rory? Who cares about Rory? The most <laughs> controversial opinion is that Max Medina is actually the best out of all of any boyfriend, including Luke. I said it. And I'm not taking it back. So. He's he's the uh, the teacher from like season one or something. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. I could yeah. probably get on board with that. Okay. Good. I'm glad we're all on the same page. Starting off on a good step. Yeah. This is what the people tune in to hear is is our thoughts on Gilmore Girls. Hey, I'll do a whole podcast with you about Gilmore Someone Girls. Someone already did that. I know, many people, I'm sure. <laughs> Getting into the movie stuff here, you guys will be the sort of first couple that I have on together. So I'm quite interested how the movie selection works in your house. Are you both movie fans or is sort of one person a bigger fan than the other and they sort of like lead the way or how does it work? We like different movies yeah. for the most part. I like movies that make me feel nervous about stuff. Like anything that like is like high octane or like everything feels like, you know, oh, intensity is kind of what I look for. Calling like something a bit more laid back. Yeah. I like either like kind something of like light mystery or I do love a rom-com as well. Yeah. But Quinn likes to watch, um, what was the Adam Sandler one that you watched? Uncut Gems. Yeah, and oh, I, yeah. that gave me a panic attack. Uncut so. Gems rocks. And as, as soon as you said that those are the movies that you were liking, I was about to be like, so Uncut Gems? Yeah, I love Uncut Gems. But more than that, I love uh, Good Time, the yeah. Safdie Brothers film. Oh, from yeah. Uncut yeah. Gems? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so, and I don't, but that's okay. But then when we find a movie we both really like, it's, wow, it's, it's kind of a big Yeah. And we don't dislike each other's movies. Yeah. But, you know, we have different preferences, but we go back and forth, so. Is it sort of like, do you divide up who, like, whose turn it is to pick the movie? Or is it more just, you know, Colleen, you really want to watch this movie tonight, so 
Queen, you just got to get on board with it. We, I think that we try to go back and forth, but by we try to go back and forth, I mean Colleen tries to go back and forth. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Trust me, you'll really like this one. Yeah, I feel like we have been dating forever. Um, yeah. We And I would say the first, what would you say, 10 years, we only went to movies that you liked in theater. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, it's because there were no movies you wanted to see in That's theater. true. Most of my movies but that we, I like are straight. There movies. has been a switch up recently <laughs> where now when there's a movie I want to see in theaters, I will go to see it alone. Yeah, he's, he's a new solo dolo kind of guy at the theater. But that being said, we, we share yeah. this with responsibility yeah. evenly i would say Go, going to movies by yourself though in the movie theater, like that's one of my favorite things too. yeah i've been told that's one of your favorite things oh, and that's probably why you didn't like the gray man well i didn't see it in theater so that might have hurt oh, it but... yeah we could hoot and holler in the theater because it was just us because nobody wanted to see a movie that was on netflix what in was the movie theater you're on what was the first movie you went to see in the theater solo dolo oh jesus christ i have no idea um yeah, I, I would have no idea about the first movie, but like over the pandemic, mostly because you couldn't really go with people, I yeah. was just going, you know, two or three times a week down to like the local cinema because like what like what else are you gonna do? So yeah. yeah, and like and then that that sort of I wouldn't have necessarily gone that often before the pandemic, but once that hit and you're sort of on your own anyways, like that is just completely re shaped how i feel about going by yourself and i absolutely love it now so, oh yeah yeah can i ask one more question before you really get into it for you it's movie related absolutely what what is your snack at the movie theater okay so i'm i'm a like maltesers guy I, I like candy more than popcorn so if i can get maltesers in there that's usually what i go with if not it's it's more it could be like a like an m&m sort of peanut situation but I, like popcorn doesn't really do it for me interesting see quinn and i always get an argument because every time we go we get the order the order where you can we get two drinks. two drinks a popcorn and a candy and i get the candy we split the popcorn and quinn gets two drinks because i don't like pop so oh. <laughs> i'm afraid about it every time because i say he doesn't need two drinks but it's a that's, classic that's so much pop though like... <laughs> i'm a thirsty guy i'll usually drink one I'll get through like three quarters of one before the movie even starts. I hope this is cut. It's always a sprite and no, a dot. No, this is no. staying in now. No, no, no. <laughs> I get an iced tea and a root beer. Oh, I thought it was a sprite and a root no, beer. Okay, no, no. iced tea. Does that make it better? No. <laughs> I kind of want to ask, but also like if you don't want to answer, that's perfectly fine. But like, are you going to the bathroom a lot during the movies? It's It's hit or miss. The last time I did go to the movies... I did go pee in the middle of the movie. What movie was it? That was I went to see Nope yeah. this past weekend. And I did have to pee in the middle of that. Yeah. Usually he's like waits to the end of the movie, but like we've never seen like an end credit scene. He's gotta go. When I go solo, I'll just sit with it. I'll just like be in pain. Like I went to nobody can tell you. Because no one can tell me what I missed. So like when I went to see the Batman alone, That's that a was long a long movie. movie. Yeah. Oh my god. I would probably say around the time of the car chase is when it, it hit me. And I'm like, there can't be that much more movie left. Oh, spoiler for Batman now. There's so much of the movie left yeah, after there's, that's like, like an hour and a half of a movie. Yeah, it's basically the midway point of the movie. Like, there's a whole other movie to go. I'm so glad that I sat through that, though, because that car chase scene changed my life. Yeah. <laughs>
Anyway, we're not here to talk about Batman as much as that would probably not be. Not here to talk about Batman. I'd love to. I'll just I'll go on record. Batman, one of the best movies of the year. So there there we go. We can we can cap her there. No uh, I didn't catch how long either of these movies were, so now I'm curious. But uh, we can sort of jump into the movies that we're here to talk about. So if one of you guys would like to introduce the movie you picked and give us a brief plot description. Sure, I'll do that. So we picked Catch Me If You Can, a very classic from 2002, um, which is based on a true story of Frank Ab- Abigail, what is Abigail. Abigail Jr. Jr. who um, at a young age leaves home and decides to take on multiple different identities before the age of 22 is it or something it's like, like 19 that? or something. yeah i think it's even younger yeah yeah, yeah. he had cashed like four million dollars in fake checks before his 19th birthday or something yeah and it's a classic movie star-studded cast and, leo uh, tom hanks yep uh a young amy adams yeah, a very banks. yeah very young amy adams elizabeth banks uh, martin sheen's in it for a little bit literally everyone fantastic movie that's the one we chose can you guys remember was the first time you saw this like were you guys together or was it separate and then you figured out that you both liked the movie or yeah that would be the first time we watched it we've seen it together a couple times but probably just like was scrolling netflix and it came up and it just clicked yeah and i remember it was a breathtaking experience because it was like one of the first movies i ever watched where i feel like i was like oh wow like many times throughout the movie yeah. You know what I mean? I don't know what you mean. Yeah. There were some twists and turns that I wasn't expecting for a movie that didn't seem like it was set up with twists and turns. On uh, on this most recent rewatch, we did have a discussion about whether or not Tom Hanks's Boston accent is good or not. Yeah. yeah. I think it is. I think he did pretty good. I have family in Boston and they say <laughs> otherwise, but that's besides the point, I guess. I think, yeah, I guess I'll defer to them. I, I, do feel that like because of the tone of the movie it's sort of he's allowed to like heighten it a little bit like you know what i mean like it's, it's a little this, bit goofy. yeah it's it's the whole movie is not necessarily trying to be this like you know perfect yeah documentary like retelling yeah. of this story so like it's a bit heightened it's a bit silly but that sort of fits with everything else that's happening so i think it works whether or not it's good, that's for for people in Boston to decide. <laughs> the so well, Colleen, you were saying that like there's some moments that like took your breath away or like caused you to like be like, oh wow, like what were those moments and like what did you think the first time that you were watching this movie? Like what did you think you were gonna get? There were probably four times in the movie where, kind of like Batman, I thought it was ending and it and it kept <laughs> on going. It is it isn't like a two and a half hour long movie, but. Just off the top of my head, I think even from the get-go, just the multiple um, opening scenes, they had like four opening scenes. And I was like, wow, how much how much fun can they have here? They had like an animated scene. Yeah. They had the prison scene. Um, the Rotary I, Club where Christopher Walken's given the speech. Yeah. Yeah, sorry. There's gonna, there might be some Christopher Walken impressions <laughs> from Quinn here. Christopher Walken is also A1 in this. Yeah. He's I just pretty wonderful, yeah. Just slipped right off your neck. Yeah, Quinn, Quinn will quote the whole movie for you because it, it is a good quotable good movie. Ones. I don't know what was what was like a part that you felt. Oh, pretty much any like any time when they were like face, like Tom and Leo were face to face, felt pretty intense. Especially that first meeting with the wallet. 
Yeah. When he comes out of the bathroom, he's like, I'm secret service. Yeah. I yeah. just felt like he was very quick on his feet. And I know it's it's a character and it's I was written good, like yeah. that, but I I do wonder, I have to wonder how much of it is real, how much of it's fake. I have to buy that book. I mean, like, I think they're allegedly, I was I was reading that like experts or whoever and such have like disproven a lot of okay. the things that he claims to have done. I don't need to hear that. I want to believe that he did it all. So do I. Did you have any favorite parts there, Kira? So I think you brought it up there, the the scene where they first come face to face. He comes out of the bathroom and, you know, Tom Hanks more or less catches him, but like he gets away. That is definitely a scene that like I have gone back and rewatched on YouTube, like that, just that clip. Um, I think like that is great. But then like just the opening credits alone are so much fun and so perfect. And you get this like Saul Bass inspired artwork and it's like you know the mad yeah, men I was gonna style. say it's very what if the early 2000s did the 1960s <laughs> yeah yeah and it, it, it's so it, perfect for the movie it's exactly what it is and they nailed it it yeah. is a little long but other than that I no mean, there were a lot of people to credit you know yeah you kind of forget that in the early 2000s they and still it, had like really long opening and it credits. does also detail like kind of the entire plot of the movie just in that yeah, yeah, I guess if you just wanted a short summary. Yeah, if you just want to watch, if you want to get the gist, the first two and a half minutes is all you need. Yeah, I just, I felt like any time where you thought he was caught was just, just an excellent moment. I, yeah. I, I'm thinking about even in the plane, when he's trying to get away in the prison, yeah. there's like seven times he's almost caught. And I just, he kept going, <laughs> he kept going. So. Pretty much the whole time that he was like calming as being a doctor I was not buying it. I'm like, there's no way that these, these are doctors. How are they falling for this? Yeah. I think that, that whole stretch right. sort of strains credibility or something like that. You know what I mean? Like yeah. with, the, with the pilot, he never had to fly a plane. He always just sort yeah. of sat in the jump like, seat or with, whatever. And so even like sort with, of like, with all the piloting with stuff, like with, as he's like a pilot, you can really tell like he, it, he feels like a competent con man. Yeah. Once he's done being a pilot, it really feels like he's just like just lucking himself into into free money. I kind of felt like that was like showing his downfall. Like yeah. He's getting too cocky, and that kind of like himself. led to him eventually getting caught multiple times. But what uh, I don't remember what the school he went was it Yale Law that he did? Where, oh, no. where he goes Berkeley, Berkeley, Berkeley yeah. Berkeley. yeah. <laughs> and it's sort of like he he obviously picked Berkeley because he probably read that her father yeah. went to Berkeley. You know what I mean? Like this is how his mind obviously works. And so, yeah, yeah like there, there are a few, a few scenes like that, but at the same time, like you're sort of saying that that's where, or that's what maybe causes his downfall. But I always like, I always look at it as he's so clearly just struggling to have a family and have some sort of connection yeah. because of everything that happened to his, that he is willing to like, jump through hoops and put himself through all this sort of stuff just to hold on to this yeah. family that he has, you know, has he conned himself into it? Sure. But, you know, I, I do feel like he actually, at least in the movie that he actually has feelings for uh, yeah. Brenda, yeah. The Amy Adams character. Right. And yeah, like, I don't know, I guess it depends. Like, do you believe that he actually studied for weeks and weeks to pass the bar exam or do you think that that's just something that the movie made up right right i gotta say when when he's with the family and they're on the couch singing this song 
like they're watching TV, singing the songs. I'm like, there's no way he wants this. Like he looks uncomfortable. You know, to me that that look was him realizing, oh, this could this be like a normal wants. dynamic between yeah. family members and stuff. But I, yeah, I kind of I kind of lean that that way too. I, I think it's like overwhelmed. He's overwhelmed mm. at the same time. I think he is. Yeah, I guess when you think it. of it as like, oh, he he is still a kid. Super, that would overwhelm me, like a family sitting on a couch singing together. That's not my type of. Uh, yeah, like like if I was over at a woman's house and she was sit- like she was an adult and sitting on her father's lap, I'd be like, "What's going on here, man?" <laughs> she just kind of braces off. She, she just kind of braces up. So, okay, she's got to be like canonically like twenty. Oh, yeah, like, she's yeah. working full time as a nurse. I guess it was like the sixties. You probably didn't need to like go to school for that. <laughs> We sort of, we don't really find out how old she is, but she thinks he's 28 or something. I think she says that in the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, like she, yeah, she's a bit of a weird character, I guess, because she still has braces when we first meet her. So you assume she's a bit younger, but then at the same time, she's working full-time as a nurse. Yeah. And so you're sort of, well, she must have some education. She must be. And like her father's also just like fine with her getting married. So like she's, she can't be like 16. Well, yeah, but she, he's fine with her getting married to a, a doctor, doctor lawyer. lawyer, Lutheran. So, <laughs> you know, she hit the jackpot. He peels labels off of everything and no one really questions it. Huh? So, hmm. I, that was a great touch when he's peeling labels off at the party. Well, like that's that's right from the opening minute. Like we, the first time I yeah. think we see him at the Rotary Club, he's doing the yeah, exact he's same peeling thing. Labels so, off the yeah, yeah. I guess we should like, DiCaprio as a movie actor, as a movie star, like was he somebody on your radar before this movie, or did this movie make you sort of check out other things that he's done? Or because I, I I do find like this is like a really interesting moment in his sort of career. Yeah. This this yeah. two thousand two era. I just want to know like what was your history with DiCaprio? Coming into that, I don't think I had seen a movie. Well, I guess we'd watched Titanic. Yeah, I feel like I had seen quite a few movies with him in it, but... I think to this day, I've only seen Titanic, this one, and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Well, you've also seen um, the one where he's Jordan Belford. And stuff. Oh, yeah, and The Wolf of Wall Street. So yeah. I'd seen The Wolf of Wall Street prior to that. I had seen some of his earlier films, obviously, like... What's he, Gilbert Grape? Oh. No, I hadn't seen that, actually. But, and, and Goodwill. Is he in Goodwill? No, he wasn't. No, yeah. Was he in that era, though? Oh, The Departed. He was. I saw him in that. Oh, yeah, oh man, I love The Departed. <laughs> um, but like, I feel like. Oh, that's what I could talk about for a while. I feel like this and Shutter Island. Anyway, uh, this Shutter movie... Island. Sorry, I've seen a bunch of DiCaprio. It turns out. Yeah, you really like him, apparently. Yeah, I like Leo. Actually, <laughs> I'm finding out now in real time that I'm actually a big fan. I do feel like this film before, like Wolf of Wall Street, was like one of his most interesting takes. Yeah. I think he does a good. Um, like re- I was gonna say he can play a real person. Yeah. And, oh, in Django, he's in Django Revenant. too. I I haven't seen Revenant, oh, but yeah, you watched. We're, yeah, so, we're finding out live on air that Quinn has actually seen all of DiCaprio's movies. So. We're just reading his uh, IMDb pretty much <laughs> off the top of our heads, but yeah, I feel like after that, I think after that we watched Shutter Island. Like, I I had seen Shutter week. Island before. Though. I know, but you had shown it to me because you're like you yeah. love DiCaprio now, so you're a big DiCaprio fan, right? I got one for you. I feel like he's very lucky to have so many great roles. Yeah. So you almost forget that he is these roles sometimes, apparently. But yeah, I don't know if it really changed our entire opinion yeah. on him. But I will say this is my favorite film that he's yeah. done. Yeah. 
this is number one for you yeah what's yours um this i guess this would be up there i really like wolf of wall street i really like the departed it did you did either of you say that you've seen gilbert grape no actually no, neither of us have i don't know what it is but i have not seen it it's it's a bit of a strange movie and like some of it works and some yeah. of it doesn't but like he is very good in it and it's like a very early role of his yeah, yeah um so. and then he's also in this movie and again it, it's a bit of a weird movie and i i i don't know how bold i want to say about it being good because i haven't seen it in a long time but he's in this movie called the quick and the dead and it's like a a modern like western and it's all about this tournament where it's uh like a quick draw tournament and he plays this like younger guy in the movie who's like the town's fastest draw i and, am in so hard it's like <laughs> this it's like sounds a, sick it's like a sam raimi movie so like oh you know like there, there's like weird action and weird editing and cutting yeah. but that's all sam raimi's style yeah and oh, yeah. yeah like it, it's like it's a really fun movie i don't know how good it is because i haven't seen it in a long long time um but i do remember watching it and sort of being like oh this isn't a western like i'm used to this is very very different and so like that was fun that was interesting um, but yeah, like the, I think the, the reason I bring him up or the reason I have like notes about him in, in this movie is that like, this is the year. So he does this and he does gangs, in New York, I think either the same year, or maybe the year earlier. Yeah. Yeah. In and around the same time. Yeah. And so then like from that moment on, he like stops being this like teen idol. Like yeah, he, he is now working. He's an actor. Yeah. Like he is working exclusively sort of with the best of the best filmmakers. He's not going on sort of the the magazine covers and stuff like that that he had been doing for the 10 years before this movie um and like he's very obviously sort of being like i want to be taken serious and so i'm going to make serious movies even though this is a bit fun this is obviously a comedy it's like yeah. i want to make serious movies that people are going to take me seriously in and he's obviously gunning for that oscar win which he eventually gets uh and so now it's sort of like well now where does he go like now i'm I'm interested yeah. again in sort of what's the next phase. Yeah, he uh, he definitely does take a turn at some point, you realize. And then from there on, it just seems like he gets better and better roles. Yeah. I feel like he's really sought out. Maybe not in the last couple of years, but there, he was on a roll well, I mean, for some time. Tarantino got him. Has he been in anything since? I'm not sure. Uh, well, it's pro it's probably not since once upon a time in hollywood i know like he's making a scorsese movie right now that, oh, right 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 yeah. oh the, like, the murders of something flowers killers of the flower moon that's what it is yeah i was close you're that, pretty close pretty close I, i've seen this i've seen the stills of that and he looks like a psychopath he's yeah. got the worst haircut i've ever seen in my life <laughs> so i've i've read the book so i i kind of know the character that he's supposed to be playing and like it fits like the the pictures that yeah. i've seen are sort of like oh yeah. yeah okay that's who He's i had supposed in my to head be a bit greasy <laughs> yeah so like that was supposed to come out this year but they've just pushed it so that that won't be out till next year but like he's very selective he doesn't really yeah. do that much um and I it mean, is it sort is of uh you know it's obviously you know does scorsese want to work with him then okay cool does tarantino yeah. want to work with him okay cool but like some no-name filmmaker it's it's a no-go yeah, he's, he's not doing many indies, eh? No. He kind of just no. does large productions, which works for him and gets him 
Yeah. The accolades that I'm sure he wants. But, When's yeah. he going to be in a superhero movie? Well, oh. yeah, exactly. <laughs> so he's like one of the last guys who's not really involved in that at all. Yeah, maybe he's talking to people and he feels like he can't watch I mean, there's, there's a few like auteurs that I don't think would do. I don't think Tom Hanks would ever be in one. But I mean, like Tom Hanks, I think, is aged out of being a superhero. He could be like a behind the, the keyboard kind of guy, though. I don't want to see that. I'm not pitching that to anybody. <laughs> like if anyone's listening, don't go with that idea. What What did you guys think of Tom Hanks in this movie? Sort of accent aside, even not including the accent, I think he crushed it. I think as playing someone who's trying his damnedest to just be taken seriously, but nobody takes him seriously. He does a great job. He's so good at acting genuine. The scene where. Where he's telling jokes. I love when he tells his jokes. Oh, you do. <laughs> but the scene where he is, uh, where Leo's about to get on the plane at the very end, yeah. when he's already been caught and he's at the bureau, like working for them, he's like, I don't. I'm not going to chase you. Yeah, friend. I'm not going to chase you. And like, you actually believe it. And then, yeah. he, and he's able to play characters where he can, like, peel back the onion a little bit. Yeah. And you really feel like you know this guy and he hasn't seen his kid in yeah. more many years or. Or what have you, because... I believed him. He's just so good. I just, I would trust him with anything. Yeah. I, he, he's so good at just becoming a character, and and he doesn't really change his look ever, and it's just interesting <laughs> that... He just looks like Tom Hanks. Yeah. I felt like he was really good in this role. Yeah. We were talking about it, and we don't... Well, I didn't feel like... I feel like they did the perfect casting for everybody. I can't imagine that role going to anyone else. Well, now I gotta think about now that. you're thinking about it huh? yeah I like I don't know like obviously Hanks and Spielberg have this sort of relationship like I don't think it would have been yeah. offered to anybody else but it's a, it's a director who has his guy and like that's that's a, a dynamic I love is when a director has his guy like yeah. Sam Raimi, Bruce Campbell now we've got Jordan Peele and Daniel Kaluuya yeah just yeah dynamite I love when that I think the thing that I love about Hanks and this might have been the first movie that I maybe noticed it in or i'm not sure i'd have to go back and sort of check out the stuff that he did in the 90s but he's like very comfortable being the second fiddle and so like this is obviously dicaprio's movie dicaprio is the main character and like tom hanks in 2002 is a movie star like you mean like oh yeah he sort of he still is but in 2002 like you know he was a huge box office draw and he's pretty hot off the saving private ryan yeah absolutely and so like but he's more than happy to sort of be like yeah i'll take the i'll take the side character that's all right and it's like well that just works because now dicaprio has an a-list person to go up against and you know their whole dynamic is like that's the whole movie it just fuels every scene so yeah i think they worked well together in this movie and and you could like see the relationship between them like the the phone calls and stuff on christmas Oh yeah, this is my favorite Christmas movie, by the way. Is People it? don't like when I say that, but I think it's a Christmas movie. If Die Hard is a Christmas movie, this is a Christmas movie. That's what I'm saying. So, okay, well, like, I didn't, wasn't necessarily prepared for this, but is is your criteria for a Christmas movie just that it has a scene set at Christmas? Well, this has multiple scenes set at Christmas, and I feel like people are like, oh, Die Hard's a Christmas movie. That's a debate back and forth. I think anything would be a Christmas movie for you. If it has even a mention of Christmas, and I'll go down and say this one's my favorite. I don't feel like I'm qualified to uh, make the decision of what counts and doesn't count as a Christmas movie. 
I just want to be controversial. I <laughs> yeah, come on. It's, it's a podcast. We need to throw out hot takes here. Exactly. I want comments of people bashing me for that one. Do you guys have Steven Spielberg's IMDb up there? Not on us, but let me pull it up for you. Because if we're going hot takes, I think my hot take might be that this is Steven Spielberg's last great movie. Whoa. Possibly. What about... He just did West Side Story. People liked West Side Story. I'm not part of people. I didn't see it. This is my hot take that this, catch me if you can, is his last great movie. He has made decent and good movies since this. But catch me if you can, I think, you know, rightfully deserves a spot in Steven Spielberg's top 10, maybe top five. I think it is absolutely one of his best movies. What oh, about Lincoln? He did Lincoln. People love Lincoln. Nah, Lincoln was boring. Outside of DDL's performance, Lincoln yeah. was Lincoln was bad. I think some people like Walk It. Your mom liked the post because it's like it's set in what the seventies. That counts as a period piece, does it? Oh, what makes yeah. something a period piece? Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, people like the post. I, again, I'm I'm not I'm not part of people. I haven't seen it. I'll agree. I think Cash Me Can is his last best one, but people really do like War of the World. Indiana Jones. Whoa, are you just dumping on Indiana Jones 4? Come on. Yeah, more than happy to dump on that. Are you just not believing it that he protected himself from a nuclear blast by hiding in a fridge? That's that's the only part of the movie I do believe in. (laughs) It's probably his best movie. I would say since. since. Okay, I thought... Maybe ever. That's going to be nice. No, no. Oh, that is... If we're here for hot takes, that's a good one. That's a pretty bum take. That's my favorite. <laughs> I'm looking and uh, yes, yeah, still my favorite. Literally, there's Jaws. People really like Jaws. Not enough to win the uh, summer movie. <laughs> Colleen's summer movie. <laughs> no. That was rough. That was rough. Movie. Oh. Yeah, that, that was the one I was backing the whole way. Yep. But, you know, when you, when you lose on a, on a coin toss, you know, you can't sort of, can't be too upset. And to be fair, I think Sisterhood of the Trailing Pants should have won, so... That's another hot take. Full of them today. That was out pretty early. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I won't I won't lie. That didn't that didn't last very long, but neither did Mamma Mia, don't worry. Oh I like Mamma Mia. I do not like Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants, though. To each their own. How do you feel just getting back to Spielberg and and this movie? How did like how do you feel about sort of because he's quite famous for having this like sentimentality? And so do you think in a movie and a story about a young man defrauding banks of millions of dollars, does that sentimentality work? Like you like, or is it a bit of a clash? I don't know. I think that they, they do a good job of like really like tugging at the heartstrings, like when they're kind of talking about like the severity of it. Like when Pan Ratty or Tom Hanks goes and visits his mother and his mother is remarried and he's like, oh, he stole on $1.3 million. And then later on, he goes back and he sees so like, oh, my mom's got another kid with her new husband. You, you kind of feel it. You remember, oh, geez. Yeah, he's he's a boy that's been doing all this. That kind of, that hits you. I did have to, and I, anyone listening, I would suggest doing this as well. Like I did go onto an inflation calculator just to, to, to figure out how much money was actually being taken in sort of 2022 dollars and that scene where they're like 1.3 million or whatever and it was sort of like yeah that's a lot of money and then you look it up and it's like 10 million dollars and you're like Jesus yeah. Christ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this guy was going on a spending spree 
I could go thinking like, what did he spend? Like, I understood he got a couple of really nice suits, a couple of nice cars, a house, but I just feel like he still didn't blow through it. He got to spend the night with Jennifer Garner. Yeah, he yeah. did. Yes, he did. But I guess, I guess that goes back to like, he's a child, like he's a teenage boy. So like, he's going to, it's just going to be wasted. Like the money is all wasted yeah. away. Yeah. So he's spending it on comics and candy yeah. bars yeah. and nights with Jennifer Garner. Yeah. Classic 17 and a half year old spending habits. <laughs> you know, ladies of the night, classic. He like pulled a couple of great ladies. Ellen Pompeo. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yes. Um, Amy Adams. Amy Adams. Yeah. That's at least four women who went on to do like incredible things in acting in general. But yeah. Yeah. It's pretty great casting to like. Yeah, they just found all these people, and and like they're now just sort of like faces in the background of this movie. And you're like, oh, like that yeah, person. And, that person's really you know, famous. Now. It is quite fun to see them pop up through yeah. the movie. Yeah, Amy Adams didn't really do like too much after that until she like broke through again in Enchanted. No. Uh, well, I guess like, what did like, she do between like 2002 and 2007? Well, there was a bit of a run on the '70s show, I think, but. I will yeah, say, as like, you're pulling that up, I think the mom is the most iconic character in the whole. I love that she always has a dart mouth and is just hanging out and doesn't care about her family. She's French. I just love her. Yeah, like, I'm just looking here, like, there, it's not sort of, like, noteworthy. Um, yeah. The 70s show was actually before this, when she was on the 70s show, so that throws that theory out the window. But yeah, like, until she sort of became Amy Adams, you know, I guess this was the biggest thing that she had been in. So that's kind of weird, eh? For someone to be like, for like, probably a, she's in like a third of the movie, probably. Yeah, and like she's she's, like, she's a one of the bigger side characters for and sure. And it's a huge movie, and it's it's Spielberg. It's critical acclaim, box office smash hit. Probably, I don't know how much it did at the box office, but for then, like, to just disappear almost, to, to then make the big comeback. Yeah. You make a comeback without blowing up, no one can do it like Amy Adams. That's fair. That's kind of like Matthew McConaughey, though. He was in a lot, and then nothing that anyone saw ever, and then he blew up. What'd you say? I don't know enough about Matthew McConaughey to say that that's true, but I believe Really bad rom-coms for, like, five years, and nobody saw him in anything, but... Yeah, Yeah. we go go through them all. You guys told me before we started this that you'd been listening to that How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days, and... I go through all of his rom-com movies in that one, and it's not pretty by the end. Yeah, it's not surprising. Yeah. The Wedding Planner? Oh, yeah, you didn't like that one. I hated that one. (laughs) Fair enough, fair enough. But, yeah, there were a lot of iconic people in this movie. Yeah. And I think, yeah, I don't think Ellen Pompeo, she looked so young. I don't think she had been in much. And and Elizabeth Banks was really I think that was Elizabeth Banks' first movie. Or, or did spider-man come before that so she's in spider-man oh yeah that, that could be the same year i think yeah. like, spider-man was 2002 so the best spider-man yeah just need that on record yeah uh, well like i guess sort of besides dicaprio and and tom hanks and you know this smattering of future female movie stars like were there any other characters that sort of stood out to you Mostly Christopher Walken playing playing the father. I thought he just crushed it, but like he's Christopher Walken, and the the dialogue that they have early in the movie about the pinstripes, 
where Christopher Walken's like, you know why the Yankees always win? And Leo's like, because they got Mickey Mantle. And he's like, no, it's because they can't take their eyes off the pinstripes. Watch this. Personally, my, my favorite side character, I don't even think they have a name. It's the person that Leonardo DiCaprio's character pays to sit outside of the airport. <laughs> and when he and he goes oh i was told to pick someone up and they go who and he holds Hold up, up the sign that has uh tom hanks's character's name on it that's my favorite character of all time yeah. i think you, that's my favorite you sort of do wonder like how much money did did he make doing that because obviously leo knew that it was a bit of a dangerous job this kid obviously had no idea but yeah you you hope he got paid i'm sure that like Canonically, that kid probably would have done it for like 25 bucks. Yeah, that's the thing. I think he he was a, a con man, but he was also sensible with his money at a certain degree, even though he had money to burn. If I was a 19-year-old a con man, actually, you know, if I was a, a, a probably, what, 16, 17-year-old limo driver, yeah, I'd do it for 25 bucks. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, I, I think, think any any of those scenes that when he's in the airports are very... Yeah, they're good. When he's hiring the... the the stewardesses yeah that's the good flight attendants so that was my biggest sort of like unanswered question this time through and I, I don't know why i sort of like focused on it or clicked on it so much but like he's not a pilot and he doesn't work for pan am yet he hires eight new stewardesses. yeah like who how does like, he get the resources to do this yeah like where where are they going after like he's <laughs> got a seat on the plane because he knows that there's a jump seat but like eight new stewardesses can't just show up on an airplane and yeah. nobody be like, who are you? Yeah, no one's going to be like, well, why do we have double the staff? Yeah, I was very fixated on that as well, because in like, as part of, I think, the comedy behind it is all of their answers were awful in the interview process as yeah. well. They were just like He's the most attractive flight attendants, the most attractive group of women he could find, probably. But I was like, where'd they go after this? I, I felt like that was unanswered yeah. quite a bit. Like we, but, we know that he goes around Europe and Australia and stuff for months and months and months because we, yeah. he, uh, Tom Hanks' character gets all the checks later. But like, yeah, those those eight girls, like we have literally no idea what happened to them. I'm sure they got to the terminal gate and somebody was like, "Yeah, you don't belong here. Like, <laughs> just go home." Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that's the magic of him. He just leaves people high and dry. So that's movie magic. What happened to the ladies? Movie magic. Don't worry about it. Yeah. yeah. When he leaves Amy Adams in the house at their engagement party, I honestly tear up every time. Like, I feel bad for her. And then she shows up with the cops three yeah. days later. That's a good suit he's got on there, though, with the white jacket. Yeah, you quite enjoyed that jacket. Yeah, he, he looks pretty sharp. The outfits are bomb in this movie. Yeah, I don't say that, they, too. They really did pop. Yeah. The, uh, is there any like last things you guys want to say about Catch Me If You Can? You want to say the piece of trivia? Oh, yeah, true. Well, you know what? I looked it up and I did. I had it like non-confirmed. But one time I did read that he didn't actually get caught in France, that they caught him at a Max Milk in Dundas. In real life? Oh. Like, a small like, town in Ontario. Yeah. Um, that may not be true because I read somewhere else that he just had a close call at a Dundas or at a Max Milk in Dundas. Which is still kind of crazy to think that at one point in time he came through Dundas. That is pretty. I did not know that. That is some good trivia. One way or the other, if it's if if he got caught yeah. or not. But yeah, I think Where's it was. Where, where was, was that scene in the movie? I would have liked that. I would have liked a little shout out. A Max Milk. 
I feel like you could really replicate that. Yeah, time. it'd be so easy. I, you know, the Max, I guess the Max Milk is a Circle K now, but it was a Max Milk. It was still a Max Milk up until like two, three years ago. Yeah. yeah I, I, I was going to say that like you wouldn't even need to do any set dressing. You could probably just show up in like those the places. The Max Milk logo didn't change years. for yeah. 70 years. You could probably just give the guy at the front $25 <laughs> the same time the limo driver would have taken and say can we just use this for a couple minutes but from my understanding what i read it was his last close encounter yeah. before getting caught was before. at the max yeah. oh, so we have told people over the years yeah i've told a bunch of people that that is what happened that he got caught there but never confirmed it though it, sorry <laughs> i don't know yeah oh, well I think just just to run off that, I think the ending scene that they actually put yeah. is much more iconic where he gets caught in France. On Christmas. On Christmas. It's yeah. a Christmas, Christmas movie. The the last question I have for you guys for Catch Me If You Can is, is there any job out there, not necessarily one of the ones that he does in the movie, but is there any job out there that you think you could credibly pose as and nobody would sort of be wise that you have zero qualifications? I could be at like any manufacturing facility. I could be like a shift supervisor without knowing the process. With, I don't even need to know the process. I, I've worked in enough manufacturing plants to know that like they're just sitting behind a desk punching numbers in a spreadsheet. And then every once in a while, they got to like make some decision. Yeah. Um, I work in at a university and I feel like any high upper management, I feel oh. like I could do that. Yeah, yeah, I could be the CEO of a company. Yeah, easily. I just would have to warm my way up. I think anybody can be like a day trader. I don't think you need to actually be good at anything. It's mostly just gambling. That might be a controversial thing. I'm not sure. I don't know. A day trader? You don't know who uh, the listeners are. We're just saying things to get you some revenue, to get people like really talking. Let, about let's it. hear from the day traders in the audience. Do you feel like your job is gambling? Yeah, I, I don't. <laughs> I don't necessarily know how many day traders I have listening to the podcast, but you know, my 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 cousin does work in sort of finance, and his whole job is like shaving off milliseconds to make the trades happen quicker. And you know, he 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 starts to explain the job to me, and I sort of just like get glassy eyed and just glaze yeah. over, and it's like, oh, yeah. oh okay, like cool. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. There there are definitely some jobs out there that I think I could absolutely. Yeah, I know that one's a bit of a, a steep climb, yeah. but I think I could be a chiropractor. I think I could crack some backs and and leave people. Leave <laughs> <laughs> people worse off. Yeah. The community as well. Day traders, chiropractors. Bad question, Ron. You're gonna get us haters. Hold on, I'm trying to think of who else we can take down. <laughs> I, I I'm gonna put all of your social media out there so everyone knows how to contact you. <laughs> Don't worry. No, there will be no comments to me about any of this. <laughs> no one's mad at Kieran for having us on. It's like when uh, I don't know when when Bill Burr came on SNL or something. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. SNL Bill Burr. Angry Bill Burr. Yeah. I'll, I'll accept that analogy because I guess in that analogy I am SNL. So yeah, Fair. yeah, that's a pretty big win. Well, I guess like on that note, like, is there any sort of last sales pitch you want to give anyone who hasn't seen Catch Me If You Can? Uh, if you haven't seen Catch Me If You Can, uh, I'll watch it with you. <laughs> there you That's go. My... That's a, nobody has done that sales pitch before where you will go and watch it with every single person who has not watched the movie. I will let them know. Yeah, just like, just like DM me on Twitter or 
like even like publicly at me say hey when are you free and i'll 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 make time as long as you don't talk to the movie quinn does not like it's not talking you can talk to the movie but you can't ask questions that's true yeah you can't just be like fair that's you can't you can't hit me with the what's going on wait why is that happening it's like well if you watch the movie well listen if 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 a one-on-one viewing experience with quinn gale doesn't get people to put this movie on then literally nothing will so yeah on that note i guess we can we can wrap up with catch me if you can and we can move on to my recommendation which thankfully you guys gave me a big list of movies because i actually think like a one-to-one comparison these two movies may not match up that well but within the bigger scope of all the movies that you gave me i think this one is is pretty good it it fits the criteria i think so when uh we will take a, a quick break and when we come back we'll be talking about inside man my name is dalton russell pay strict attention to what i say because i choose my words carefully and i never repeat myself Recently, I planned and set in motion events to execute the perfect bank robbery. Everybody get down on the floor now! Why? Because I can. We're back, and we have watched Inside Man. So, Colleen, you gave us the plot description for Catch Me If You Can. So, uh, Quinn, I'm going to challenge you with the plot description this time. Fire away. Inside Man is a movie where Clive Owens is pulling off a bank robbery, but what he's stealing from the bank is a bit unclear, and who he's stealing from is a bit shady, and the cop Denzel Washington is going to get to the bottom of it with, uh, who else? Christopher Plummer's in it, Jody Foster's in it. All the gang. All the gang. It's a Spike Lee joint. I got to say, this was my second time watching a Spike Lee movie. And I do like that Spike Lee movies are called like, you know, directed by Spike Lee. It's a Spike Lee joint. That's sort of That's his thing. He, he's been doing that since day one. Yeah, I, I'm a big fan of that. So I, I've only seen this one in Black Klansman, which is one of my favorite movies. I think I love Black Klansman. It's Inside Man. Am I like, should I just like go like plot beat for plot beat? Or- well, I was going to say like, if you... We're, we're definitely spoiling the movies here. You know, yeah. the movies are in the title. So anyone who hasn't seen them, if, if you're listening to this part of the podcast and you haven't seen Inside Man, you're either happy enough to be spoiled or uh, I don't quite understand what you're thinking. But like my first question, because it is it is a fairly simple story. Yeah. Like there's a bank robbery yeah. going on and Denzel Washington plays the, the head negotiator. The and so it's like it's a bit of a back and forth between these two guys but it all hinges on a twist and we're kind of primed for something right at the very beginning because clive owen comes out and says you know yeah and he's in his little person yeah like pay pay attention you know yeah this is what's going on and you know i don't repeat myself and all that sort of stuff yeah and that all then pays off at the end of the movie and like let's just get into it like did you see the twist coming so this is where i get to my story from when we watched inside man so i was on call that weekend 
so like when something I like it's like my job whatever when something breaks down at work I have to like go in and fix it um so I had gotten called in with about 30 minutes left and I get in there and I fix whatever I need to do and then I'm, I'm chatting with the guy who called me in you know just you know shooting the shit whatever and I'm like yeah you know when you called me I had about I was watching inside man I had like 30 minutes left and he goes oh is that the one where Clive Owen is in the wall? Oh my God. I'm like, oh dude, I don't know, man. I haven't seen it yet. He's like, oh dude, I'm so sorry. Like how far into it are you? Like, have they released the hostages yet? I'm like, dude, stop talking to me. <laughs> Please. I'm begging you. <laughs> that, that reminds me when I went to go see Silver Linings playbook for the first time, like we were in the theaters and it was pretty packed. And he, you know, very, very early on, if you got, you guys have seen Silver Lang's playbook? No, no but it's fine. You it, can spoil it. It's 10 years old. It's okay. I was, I was going to say, before I get into this, yeah, I want to just make sure. But he's very early on, he's like reading a book and it turns out that it's a Hemingway book, but I didn't necessarily see that when he like <laughs> picks it up and starts reading it. And so I was reading the exact same Hemingway book. And oh, I had about 40 pages to go when I went to go see Silver Blinding's playbook. And oh. the ending of the book makes him so angry that he like starts ranting and raving about the ending of his book. And I was just sitting in the theater, very quiet, being like, fuck, <laughs> like 40, 40 pages to go. And this rant, like who would have guessed that this movie would have spoiled book. that book? And so, so, yeah. so many things had to go wrong for you at that moment. Oh, I, like it was both like, so funny and so upsetting at the same time so yeah when quinn came back uh well the next day we picked up the rest of the movie which yeah. we don't recommend watching movies in two days we'll watch in one sitting. sometimes you gotta and he he came back and within like maybe five minutes the hostages were released like yeah. 20 minutes you find out he's in the wall you're like oh yeah. god we were so close we we're so close did, did you but. say anything to colleen when you got home about it no, I told her that I had it spoiled for me, but I didn't tell her, like, I, I didn't spoil it for her, but I told her, I'm pissed off. I just had this spoiled for me. <laughs> that, that, that's a good movie watching partner, though. Like, yeah, you, you yeah. hold on yeah. to him for a while, Colleen. Yeah, I, I didn't fully see it coming, him being in the wall. But I will say that two times I, when people were walking in and out of the crime scene, I was like, what about the floor? Because the floor was all torn up. Yeah, yeah so they were digging up it. the floor. So I kept being like, what about the floor? So I thought there might no, be something. Be inside the floor. I, I couldn't quite pin it, but I was like, I know they didn't have time to fix that gosh I, darn floor. I definitely thought there was something up with like the Dell boxes. Like, you know how like there was one scene where they're looking at the storage room and there there's kind of a focus on those like four Dell boxes at the back of the room. Yeah. Now I definitely missed on what I thought that was. I thought that was them saying, oh, they're here for these computers. There's information on these computers that they want. Oh. So, I mean, like, I knew there was something going on there. But <laughs> there was a couple times where I thought I knew something and then it, I, it yeah. wasn't quite. But I always am the type of person that's trying to guess what comes. But yeah, happens, so like, but, yeah. In, in my opinion, one of the big one of the big twists of like what they're there for, that being like the, the dossier manifesto thing that ties him to the Nazis. Yeah. Who cares? Legit. No, hold on. I don't mean who cares. Like, what? here's what I'm saying. is in America today, if you found out that some high-level banker got started by making some shady deal with the Nazis, would anything significant change? Unfortunately. I'd like an unfortunate. Yeah, like, unfortunately, no. I, think, I feel yeah, I like think... the 
you're on to something there, I think, where it's sort of like, you know, obviously, like, this person probably wouldn't go through, uh, like, I don't know, maybe they would go through some sort of war time criminal court or something like that. But yeah, I don't I don't know if they'd be up on charges of anything. But yeah. at the same time, I think what the movie does really, really well is that they highlight sort of how desperate Christopher Plummer's character has tried yeah. to get away to from that from that past. And so I think like it would just absolutely ruin his reputation, which for yeah. him would be terrible. Um he does I have mean, the menorah hanging up in his office. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like he he's very clearly this character has tried to like yeah. he, I think he says it in the movie, like he's tried to buy back his soul or something like that, where yeah. you know he, he, he's, he's tried to make a man devil and he spent his life trying to buy it back yeah. or something. Yeah. yeah. And so yeah, the 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 whole thing about the whatever the the document is with the Nazis, like that would just ruin his reputation. But then it is, I think, about the diamonds. Yeah, where yeah. it's like they're obviously in there for financial gain at the same yeah. time. Yeah, I I will say the most devastating part was the Nazi part because I love Christopher Plummer in yeah. <laughs> Sound of Music, so I just felt very torn at that point, but. I think that's that's why it's great casting though is because yeah. we have this history with him where it's like he is a good guy and yeah. then you you see like you obviously know something's up that there is some secret and yeah. you know if, if you watch enough movies and you read enough books or whatever like it all tends to lead back to the same place yeah but, like it still is that gut punch when you just see the document yeah. and it's just got the swastika on it you're like oh no like christopher yeah. you you kind of feel like well why wouldn't he have destroyed this a long time ago it's and and they even do say that i think in yeah the movie. yeah they're like, like why wouldn't you just gotten rid of it but yeah that was like the biggest thing for me i was like when you if that was like your worst secret when you've gotten rid of it but well, alas, it's some people hold on to things i guess but yeah, yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I felt like there were a couple of twists and turns that I did like. I I was like the rab at the end when the rabbi was in the car. Was, was in I was like the rabbi was in on it. So everyone that was in that car was someone who we got to see them interviewed. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And and like I think most of them at certain points were in rooms with yeah. other captives. Yeah. So they were shuffling people in and out, whatever. Yeah. yeah I guess I was, like. As a, as a genre, does like the heist genre like work for you normally? Is that something that you enjoy? Oh yeah, big time. One of the other movies that we had given you is like our one of our favorite movies to watch was Ocean's Eleven. Yeah, Ocean's That's... Eleven like might be. Oh, I say it a lot, but it might be my favorite movie. Yeah, you do. I love Ocean's right? Eleven, and I love Ocean's Thirteen. Ocean's Twelve is pretty mid. You like that Julia Roberts? I do like the Julia Roberts but yeah. Ocean's Twelve. Yeah, I would say that. Like a heist movie, yeah, I, I exactly. find is right in between what you like, where you like the suspense, yeah, and you like, and I like a little bit of the mystery. So we right. find that these movies are pretty good. In particular, this one I think had us both like kind of questioning a lot yeah. of the way through because I feel like the objective of it isn't super clear, and yeah. it kind of changes throughout the movie. And there's a lot of moving pieces at the mm -hmm. same time with like the detectives, the owner, um, the Jodie Foster's character, and all the people in the bank. Yeah, I don't know what you would call Jodie Foster's character is what, like a, a, a fixer? Yeah, like she's some sort of consultant or something. Like, I, yeah. I don't know if, if you guys want to get into the it person now. person who makes money moves. Yeah, like if, if you want to get into it now, we can get into it. But like 
her whole character and all of her scenes don't really work for me. It's kind of the only part of the movie that I don't enjoy yeah. all that much. Um, and it's mostly because like, I have no idea what she actually accomplishes. You know, I, in the end of the movie, like what did she really affect? And, you know, she's obviously like well-paid and, and high price and stuff like that. And sort of like, yeah, that. like everything that she, she attempted to do was unsuccessful. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't she know. didn't get the document. Uh, she didn't stop Denzel Washington from investigating further. Yeah. And she did all the sly little attitude, you know? But yeah. I don't know. I kind of enjoyed just her ambiance in the movie. I yeah. Like she was uh, one of the only like female characters. There wasn't a ton of female characters in the movie. So. I, I, I think she's pretty much it. Like we, we meet Denzel's girlfriend. fiance, wife, girlfriend. There was the, the one end, woman gets, involved. Like, two lines. Yeah. The woman involved in the heist who's whole plot was just having large breasts yeah <laughs> i don't know i <laughs> yeah. couldn't think of a nicer euphemism i'm sorry no but that's that's basically it and it's like yeah. a plot point of the movie that you know there are these two characters who fit a physical description and they can't decide which one was part of the, the yeah. heist and which one was it wasn't so and that was that felt very like some some of the movie definitely felt a bit dated yes very like oh this went off in 2006 i bet yeah. yeah yeah like the scene when they're when he's playing on like a the handheld game and yeah the, the little psp he's yeah, playing the, the knockoff grand theft auto yeah, yeah it's like some of those things yeah like you're saying like they are dated and they don't necessarily work but other ones i i find have like become jokes in and of themselves and so yeah. like when they're going through the phones and the one guy's like, yeah, I left my phone at home. And he's yeah. scrolling through, scrolling through, scrolling through. And then the ringtone is Gold Digger or whatever by, yes. by yeah. Kanye West. You're like, oh, yeah, that's just that's funny. funny. Like at this, at this point, that was probably like cool or whatever back when the movie came out. But now at this point, it's just funny. I think even, it, even then it probably would have been funny. I think they tried to play it up as like, oh, it's funny because he's some old white guy. Yeah. He's a big Kanye West fan, which even today, that's, that's kind of funny. Yeah. There, there is some like interesting takes in the movie like race wise like yeah. some interesting things said and, and yeah. you get that new york is a very uh like post 9-11 new york it felt like a very especially because it's spike lee if anyone's going to know what police were like in yeah. post 9-11 new york spike lee kind of seems like a guy who'd be up on that half felt like good commentary half yeah. of the comments i was like like i cringed yeah. for a little bit at some of it so it felt a little dated and i don't know almost says the n-word to denzel yeah there's some stuff like that well so colleen like had, had you seen any spike lee movies before this i don't think so no i haven't seen any spike lee movies so this was my first joint uh, <laughs> spike lee joint so the but, i i only ask because like you you've hit on something there that i think is sort of quite crucial to spike lee's like oeuvre or whatever where it's like every movie he makes even if it's not explicitly about racism, it's always in there somewhere. And like, he's obviously an African-American filmmaker. And so he comes from that perspective. But I think in the movies that really, really work, and I, I think Inside Man is one of his better movies, the commentary is that sort of everyone is sort of, maybe not yeah. equally racist, but we all have our prejudices. And so you know, we, we see the way that Denzel's character is treated by other police officers, but we see the way that he treats, you know, the people in the street who are like, you know, Armenian, Armenian. or 
Albanian, yeah. it's sort of like, well, what's the difference? Like, well, they're two very distinct yeah. countries and very distinct cultures and yeah. you know, all this sort of stuff. And like, he, 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 he's very good about weaving that sort of stuff in. And so I yeah. get it. I get what you're saying where it's sort of like, if you're not prepared for that <laughs> because you've never seen a Spike Lee movie that that can sort of come off as like, oh God, what's, you know, like, oh, but like, yeah when you watch enough it's obviously just something that like he's so good yeah. at putting into the movies that it's it's in all of them yeah it was a very strong theme throughout it i feel like just in today's culture when they, they take off the guy's turban i was like oh and like stuff yeah. like that it made me feel like that that, yeah. scene, that made me feel pretty sick. but i get that the major theme yeah. of the film is that even yeah. even the good guys sometimes and i don't think Never mind, I won't go into that. But uh, even the good guys some obviously have yeah. prejudices and whatnot. But yeah, it was it was an interesting uh, take for them to weave in and out quite a bit. I felt like, but well, it, I'm I'm interested now that you say the good guys as sort of implying the police officers because yeah, I and then, then I immediately kind of started lot, taking a lot of those cops were shitheads. Yeah. Well, I sort of I I I sort of think like at the same time that he does highlight, you know, there are officers on there that are problematic and things like that. There are also officers that are quite good at their job and, you know, yeah, and they can be the same person. So like the officer who comes across the heist, you know, he gets lines and he gets scenes where it's like, Oh, this is, you know, he's he a good it. guy. He, he he's wants doing to the right out. thing. He's doing the right thing. But then he tells stories and you're sort of like, Oh, okay. Like, <laughs> that's, that's, you know, hmm, I wouldn't have said that, but sure. But then I think he's also, it's also really good that he like, he highlights that these bank robbers, yes, they're robbing the bank and we don't know why they're robbing it and we don't know what they're robbing it of. But even though they're sort of rough with some people, the plan is obviously in place to not hurt anybody. Yeah, to not hurt anyone. Yeah. And yeah. then we find out what they're robbing and you're sort of like, oh, are they out are they bad guys? And so I think the, the, it's quite an interesting movie that it, it it plays with all of these sort of preconceived notions that we that we may have. Cops are the good guys, bank robbers are the bad guys. Yeah, they they flip it on its head. Yeah, and they go back and forth a couple times. When when the guy's telling the kid like you're gonna get home, it'll be fine, you'll be yeah. home soon. You're you're kind of like oh well, and then when you find out they didn't really shoot someone, you're like oh yeah. well. And you yeah. know what I I. I knew from the beginning that they did not shoot that guy. You weren't convinced right away, eh? Well, I mean, like, I know that I figured, oh, there's no way they actually killed somebody. Why are they just killing someone now? Like, if they wanted to kill somebody, they would have killed somebody already. I, I think I had the, one guy up, but... Yeah, yeah the, the first time I saw this movie, too, I was sort of like, I'm not necessarily buying that moment. I, I but, didn't think that what had yeah. happened would have pushed them to murder all of but, us. Yeah. And, and part of my issue with when they beat that guy up was they beat him behind like the what the the frosted glass, whatever. So yeah. you didn't actually see him get knocked out, stomped on, whatever. Yeah. The first it was it all felt pretty implied. But because it was like my first time yeah. watching, I was like, it's an artistic <laughs> to do it behind the frost, you know? Well, I think that, that, like, that's an interesting moment because every time I see the movie, when that happens, I sort of say to myself, oh, he must be in on the heist because he'd yeah. be the inside guy who could yeah. help them out. He was and, the inside man. And maybe they didn't, maybe Clive Owen didn't actually beat him or beat him that hard. That's why he did behind the glass. Yeah. 
but then you see him at the end of the movie and he's like black and blue yeah. and up and he's not in the, the thing and you're like oh no okay Clive Owen just beat the shit out of this guy <laughs> yeah well I mean to be honest it, it was like I felt more emotion towards the people when he was like making people undress in front of each other and they were uncomfortable than I did him beating them up I don't know what that says about me but but yeah that was more discomforting to me should have handed him your phone guy I don't know but <laughs> the uh did you guys have any like favorite scenes um, you really like the Albanian scene. I really like the scene where the, the, he gets the guy and he's like, the guy's like, what language are they speaking? And he's like, it's Albanian. He's like, how do you know? He's like, my ex-wife and her whole family are Albanian. He's like, okay, what do they say? He's like, I don't know. I don't speak Albanian. Yeah. <laughs> you quite enjoyed that. I really liked when you found out that they, they bugged both yeah. each other. I liked that part. Yeah. You never know who. I thought that that cop, when he said that, I'm like, oh my God, he's in on it. Yeah. Really thought that that cop was going to be in on it. Yeah. I liked the the riddles portion when they kept calling yeah. with the riddle. I liked that part. I yeah. was also a fan of them deciding to send pizza and not sandwiches because the woman's like, you got to bug 50 sandwiches. Yeah. Yeah. There's like a lot of small, really great parts. Of that. Yeah. The, the, like those things, like those sort of moments, uh, I don't know. I don't have any, the person who wrote the screenplay because normally Spike Lee writes his own screenplays, but mm -hmm. not this one. But like those scenes can only have come from this yeah. person like talking to hostage yeah. negotiators because it's like yeah. that is that is such a good line and that is such yeah. a good like oh yeah that makes total sense that you'd give them pizza instead of sandwiches yeah. and so yeah I do laugh that would, the the whole uh, Grand Central Station versus Grand Central yeah. Terminal like yeah. I've never <laughs> I've never forgotten the difference because of this movie I know exactly which is which now it sticks uh, with you it sticks oh. with you it's so good free promotion for both i guess yeah yeah i, I felt like uh, another part that you really liked was um well actually you didn't really like the part where he dropped the diamond you're like why did he drop that diamond in his pocket oh, oh yeah no i was fine with that i think that's cool though he's leaving him a little memento a little thank you card and then i i like seeing denzel put it all together when he's looking at the diamond he's going oh shit yeah yeah well i guess like the we kind of that's at the very end of the movie and so yeah. we, we go to black before we really find out what happened but like one of the threads in the movie is that there is this scandal about missing money hanging over yeah. denzel washington's character's head and so he's adamant and you know that nothing happened and he has no idea where the money is but because it's missing and it was his case it's sort of looming large yeah um and so I taking the hit for my, my question to you guys is there's what does he do with the diamond? What does he do with the diamond? Like it's it's obviously stolen goods, but at the same time, it's stolen goods from a bank box that doesn't exist and nobody knows what was in there. So does he, he keep the diamond or does he, he does he hand it in? He one thousand percent gets it turned into a ring. Yeah, I thought right then and there he was gonna get down all yeah, that. So did I. And I thought the the Clive Owens character had heard him yeah. in the earpiece when he was listening in on his yeah. conversations. Because he does bring up his yeah. his girlfriend, yeah, girlfriend yeah. and and how rings are expensive and all this. Yeah. So I was I was thinking he was getting around down on one knee right there, and that's how it was gonna end. But alas it didn't. But uh I don't know. I feel like I it showed that he 
was a little bit willing to be a gritty towards the end of, of that very long day. I think it's, uh, Jodie Foster made some money moves and got that all cleared up. Doesn't I think someone mentions to him at the end, like, oh, they found that money in that case. Yeah. Oh yeah, like it, it, it does get cleared up, and like that's another great moment where he's like, you know, do you want to know where the money was? And he's like, was, was it in no. my bank account? Was it under yeah. my bed? And it's like, no, I don't know. <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, I wouldn't Man. want to know either. But I gotta say, I want to know so bad. You wanted to know as the viewer, where as as the viewer, I wanted to know so badly where that money was. I think the point was that it was wasn't that it with him. was that it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't with him, and yeah, I don't know. I if it was in like a day, then it was such a stressful day. He kept going back and forth between being a good cop and a bad cop. And even in the interrogations afterwards, yeah. bad cop, good cop. So I feel like to a certain degree, he, I, in my head, he kept it. He kept going. He didn't return it. Mm-hmm. One, one of the last things I have for you, and we're, we're coming back to Spike Lee because neither of you seen that many of his movies, but like he's quite a stylish director. And so mm-hmm. I'm, I'm curious as to like, does his style work for you? Because, you know, he's changing filters, he's changing cameras, he's changing, you know, there, there's that great tracking shot where Denzel Washington doesn't seem to be moving yet. He moves yeah. like, he's like working <laughs> and stuff. And so yeah. like, does all that sort of stuff work for you? Like, are you sitting there being like, oh, that's really, really cool. Or is it sort Absolutely. of distracting? Yeah, no, I'm a fan, especially when he's like following people while they're moving. I'm always a big fan of that. Like when Denzel Washington's walking through the lower floor of the bank and he's got the camera following him from like in front of him. I'm a big fan of that. That was, that was cool. Yeah. I would say even in the scenes where there's a lot of chaos mm-hmm. and they're trying to uh, like show that there's a lot of chaos and the camera work is a little bit, I guess chaotic is the only word I can think of, today, but you know, when it's shaky a little bit. I was going to say, he uses a bit of shaky cam when they're like, whenever anyone's outside the building. Oh, yeah. I will, yeah. yeah I, like a bit I handheld. Thought, yeah. Yeah. I was a big fan of that. I will say that particular scene where he's not walking and he's like gliding gave me Twilight in the Forest vibes when they're <laughs> running and like you can't see them actually running because they're on a platform. I didn't like that part. But the rest of it, when, when, um, everyone's coming out of the bank and when the SWAT team ish is going into the bank Mm -hmm. and and it's like movement everywhere. I I enjoyed that. I felt like it really came across as being like a high stakes situation in both times. So I enjoyed it, but I did not enjoy the part where he's (laughs) on like a treadmill or something going through the group of people. That's, that's like a, that's like a Spike Lee move. Like that's in so many of his movies. So I'll I'll take (laughs) I'll take your word for it that it's also in Twilight. I don't know. I didn't see any of those movies, but it took it right from them. You've seen Twilight. I think I think I've seen the first one, uh, but I haven't seen any of the other ones. Um, You kind of only need to watch the first one. It was the same with Fifty Shades of Grey. I was sort of like, I'll check out the first one, and then was very quickly like, nope, I don't think I need to watch any of the other ones at all. I didn't see any of the Fifty Shades of Grey movies, but I did watch a guy make three separate 45-minute YouTube videos breaking down all of like the entire trilogy. Uh, hold on. Is that Folding Ideas? Yeah. Yeah. yeah he's so good. <laughs> he's I love so that good. guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. Like, is there any, is there any last things you guys want to say about Insider? I guess I didn't even ask, like, did you enjoy it? Yeah, 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 yeah. I enjoyed it a lot. I wish I could have watched it all in one sitting. <laughs> and, and not spoiled? 
yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I would definitely say that it's a movie. Uh, I guess we can't really say watch it without spoilers. But you know what? They know what they're doing. It. Anyone who's listened this far has already had it spoiled for them. Yeah. But if for some reason you only listen to these 30 seconds, please watch it without having it spoiled. I, I really liked it too. Um, I was more apprehensive than you were because I kind of let you pick which of the uh, suggestions we were given and you really wanted to see this one. So I was like, oh, I, I might not like this, but I actually quite liked it too. Yeah. I, I feel like we should watch more. I know Black Plainsman has been on my list forever, but I feel like yeah. we should watch more Spike Lee joints. I've watched more Spike Lee joints. Black Klansman is another like it's another good one to get into. Like, I yeah. think in, Inside Man is maybe the most accessible because it is just like a heist movie. So if you yeah. like bank robbery movies, if you like sort of cops and robbers movies, like this is one of the better ones. So like there are obviously there are other movies about from Spike Lee like Do the Right Thing or Clockers where it's maybe. Yeah it's maybe a bit heavier. It's a bit tougher to, you know, sort of put that in on a Friday night, but yeah. um, there it's definitely things that you guys could, you guys could work up to. I, like Spike Lee's one of my favorite filmmakers. <laughs> I think he's, he's so unique. What's um, your favorite film by, by Spike Lee? It's probably do the right thing. I think that's like his masterpiece. Um, Malcolm X would be up there, but like this, this is probably in my top three. Uh, I'd have inside man right up there. So you, uh, uh it's probably the one I've, I've watched the most. Do you forgive Spike Lee for being a Knicks fan? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm like not a basketball guy, really. So like oh. I could just I could just like cut that part of Spike Lee out. What I will say about <laughs> about him and his fandom, though, is um, he's like a huge part uh, of one of those thirty for thirty documentaries where it's him versus Reggie Miller from oh, okay. the Indiana Pacers. Yeah, and like that was one of my favorite. 30 for 30 documentaries and so sort of like you know if spike wants to be a, a knicks fan and you know yeah ham it up on the sideline like just let him go for he's, it he's also got a beef with the owner of the knicks james dolan and i think I, if it's i think all of them have a beef with james dolan yeah, so everyone on the planet hates james dolan but his yeah. beef it's got something to do with like he thought that he was allowed to come through like come into the msg through like the employee entrance like he didn't have to like come through the regular entrance like someone had told him that, and then James Dolan was like, "Spike, stop doing that." And Spike Lee was like, "Yo, I'm Spike Lee. What are you saying to me? Well, Do you like, see my glasses, man? I wear orange glasses. Go Knicks." I would like to know how much those seats that he pays, like those season tickets that he pays for, are oh, because I, like, the amount of money that he must have shelled out over the years. Like, I'd kind of like to use the employee entrance. I was as gonna well. say he he sits courtside at 41 New York Knicks games a year. That guy is. He's got money. Yeah, yeah. I think I just found out. Wasn't didn't you say he was the one that took the? Yeah, he took. He took. No, no, no. It was the Curry. He he took that iconic photo of Steph Curry after Steph Curry broke the all-time threes record. Oh, okay. That was I didn't know that was Spike that did that. Yeah, Spike. Because there's pictures of Spike taking the shot where he's like laying down on the court. (laughs) Well, that's that's the director in him. He he knows the shot. So. Well, I, I'm I'm really yeah. glad to hear that you guys both enjoyed it and that you're both interested in checking out more Spike Lee movies. Like that's oh, yeah. definitely a win in my books. Yeah. Yeah, we're kind of influential like that. We're like, well, we'll watch. We're easily influenced. We, we we're watch, not influential. That's my man. Sorry. We yeah. watched one movie of this director. Let's watch. Yeah, let's see what else more. he's got up his sleeves. Yeah, let's see how many uh, 
weird treadmill scheme she has. I, I do have a habit of going on like kicks of actors. Like I'll like I'll watch a movie with someone in it and go, oh, I gotta see what else this guy has done. Yeah, you did that with I'm, Jake Gyllenhaal. I did it with Jake Gyllenhaal. I did it with Robert Pattinson. Everyone's done it with Ryan Gosling. It's a it's a good way to do it though. Like you get to see the sort of progression, and then you get to see like, okay, they worked in this. It like you know whoever they are worked in this movie. Yeah. But they didn't work in this one. So like, what were they doing, or or who was involved in this one that wasn't involved in that one? And then you just know like, you know, with, with Pattinson and things like that, sort of like he's become yeah. so interesting post-Twilight um, that's like, well, you know, if you had told me 10 years ago that the actor that I'm most excited about was going to be Robert Pattinson, I was like, <laughs> what are you talking about? But he's been on this run where it's like, I don't know, yeah, even the movies that been, don't necessarily work are just interesting. Yeah, he's been crushing it. Um, no, what I've been meaning to watch Cosmopolitan with him in it. I just haven't gotten around to it. But I love listening to him talk about that movie. Yeah, that that's another one because I love Cronenberg, but I'm like worried that that one I might not enjoy that much. So I've just not I um, put it on yet. I haven't checked it out. But I, I, I one watched, day I watched Robert Pattinson talk about that in one of his like one of those videos for like GQ or Vanity Fair or whoever, where they're like breaking down their most iconic roles. And Robert Pattinson said that he played that movie as though he wanted someone to watch it when it was the only thing on when they were staying at a hotel and it was 2.30 in the morning. Right. It's like a specific niche market, I guess. Yeah, yeah. He's like, I know who I want to watch this movie. I'm going to play this movie as though I'd want to, like, that's what I'd want to see. Oh, and, like, wow. I'm like, man, I got to set the scene. Yeah. <laughs> I got to find out when that movie's on TV. Well, there you go. So... Like I don't know, we can we can sort of wrap it up with with Inside Man. Um, uh, who who gave the sales pitch for Catch Me If You Can? I, I did. did. No, I did. Oh, I, yeah. I, I offered to watch it with anyone. So you know what you got to do. Yeah. yeah. So Colleen, we need you to give a sales pitch for Inside Man. I will watch it with anyone <laughs> yes. who, who who comes out of the woodwork. I thought you were going to offer me up to watch it. Yeah, or Quinn, your choice. Your choice. Me or Quinn will watch it. Myself or Quinn will watch it with you, and uh, uh, this time we won't. Make, we'll make sure Quinn's not on call. I won't spoil it for anyone. Yeah, <laughs> like kind of already did. I'll uh, I'll I'll take a tally of the comments who come in, and and we'll we'll see who who's the winner here. So, <laughs> um, the rule is that I won't travel unless you live somewhere cool. Okay, that's a good idea. Well, like most of the audience, I think. It's been a while since I've sort of like looked into the audience breakdown of who's listening to it, but it's mostly Canada or Ireland. So, oh, that's sweet. Um, in, in that case, and I mean, uh, cool as in like you got to have air conditioning. Oh, yeah, okay. We, warm we don't have air conditioning, and I'd love to sit in air conditioning for two and a half hours if you don't mind. Yeah, I, I another reason to go to movies by yourself is just to yeah. get out of the oh, heat. Yeah. So, uh, well. Thank you guys so much for for coming on and and talking a couple con man heist movies. It, it's been a lot of fun. So thank you, thank you for indulging. Thank you for having us. And uh, I will be back next week with another guest, another movie, and another recommendation. So I will see everybody next week. Mm-hmm.